When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman. We're gonna hold it down for you on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Saul, how are you doing today? I'm doing better than Espo, who probably ate some shitty gumbo out in there in New Orleans. You salty Pelicans fans. Is that a good way to start? Is that okay? I, it was just a little confusing. Espo ate. Bad gumbo in New Orleans last night? Yeah, he probably, he probably just go with it. Okay? I'm sorry. Let's, just let me have this way. one. Here's what I was going to say, because after our show last night, I said there was a recall on Kinder Eggs. Oh, that's right. That's in true. Canada, and you guys ate it live on the show, and uh, maybe it's that. So so we're just saying Espo has a weak stomach because you and I both ate the chocolate, and yeah, we're both we're, here. She's fine. No problems yeah. at all. Yeah. I'll, Hopefully I, Espo I do gets have healthy lot, well. I do have a lot of allergies right now, which kind of sucks, but oh, man, it's yeah. rough. Hopefully, Espo will be feeling better tomorrow and be able to join us. I'm sure he's going to power through the same way that a certain someone might be powering through. Mm. Um, The Suns are back in the Big Easy with 3-2 lead, but rumor on the street is even more help could be on the way for game six. Yeah. So we talked about it a little bit last night. There was a video of Devin... Hollering at the Pelicans bench, seemingly showing him saying, I'm back. I went and watched it after the show and like zoomed in as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And I do agree. It does kind of seem like he said I'm back. And then, of course, um, there were a couple other things. So Jordan Simone said he confirmed that video, said Booker just walked up the court saying I'm back. I saw it with my own eyes. Continued on to say he was yelling at the New Orleans bench while walking off the court. I got chills. Let's go. And then on top of that, Flex from Jersey tweeted out three hours ago, breaking news, assuming nothing unexpected happens between now and tip off tomorrow, I can confidently say that after roughly nine days out with a mild hamstring strain, I fully expect Devin Booker to return to the Suns lineup for Thursday's potential closeout game six in New Orleans. What do you think, Saul? I don't know what to think. Uh, Flex is usually pretty good about Devin Booker information. Yeah. Um, but, man, I just, again, I hope it's because he's 100%. They feel like he's healed it up enough. He's good to go. I, I hope it's not like kind of a panic move. I honestly would just sit him out game six. What's the point? 
I'd rather bring him back for the for the elimination game if there was a game seven or game one of the new series. I I kind of agree um, with you because unless he is a hundred percent and there is zero concern, which you'll never be at zero. I get that, but they've weighed the pros and cons of having him come back and the potential for a re-injury because when Espo was able to talk with the doctor a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago, <laughs> that's one of the things that he pointed out was, you know, the potential to re-injure something mm-hmm. is the highest in the first week or so back yep. from that injury. So I'm sure they've weighed the pros and cons of this and have determined one way or the other what their plan of action mm-hmm. is. However... If he did come back, it would be really fun. It, it would be a great way to close this out if they were able to pick up game six and just uh, crush the spirits of the Pelicans a little bit in their home home state. I mean, if he comes back and he's, you know, the Devin Booker that we know, then yeah, I, I would love it. If my man goes out there in the first quarter and he's still like gimpy, oh, yeah. I am going to be salty. Take AF. him out right now. I will not like that what yeah. whatsoever. Like, again... You got to be able to look at the big picture and you you have to have blinders on for this. Like you cannot you cannot put Devin Booker out there thinking that that's the best situation for you because you're trying to win a championship. The Suns need to win this series without Devin Booker so that way he can just rest up completely is my opinion. But if he plays tomorrow, that tells me that he's he's 100%. Yeah. I agree that they need to win this series without Devin because they can win the series without Devin. They've proven that to us. If they play and continue to play Suns level basketball, it's not going to be <laughs> the worst possible route to be able to win this series, right? <laughs> like it's it's easy enough. Um, but <laughs> who are we laughing at? Stephen Vice in the comments says, is Espo recovering from being in the splash zone oh, no. of Saul's sneeze last night? That's true. Did oh, you get him man. sick? No, did you I sneeze? sneezed against the wall. But did like did it spread no. over to Espo and get in his did. nose? I don't think it did. Dang, Saul. I mean, I'm pretty stuffy right now, so I don't know. Maybe we're all sick. I don't, don't know. sneeze on me, please. No, it's coming. Um, But yeah, back to what I was trying yes, to say. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that the Suns can win this without Devin. So I think it would be better to keep him out because if they pick up game six, then they could give him a few more days to rest and get completely, completely good to go for round two or deeper playoff run. And that's the most important part because you need Devin for those. Like the the further you go in the playoffs, you're going to need Devin more and more and more. Agreed. Right now, you don't need him. It would be a luxury, but I don't think you absolutely need him. Yeah, no, I I don't think you need him at all. I just, There's just no point in him playing in game six unless he's 100% healthy. Yeah. Again, like I just – there's just no reason for it. Why, 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 why? So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and the, and the people in the chat are pretty much in agreement with us. Corey said, if 100%, yes. If not, save him for Game 7 if there is one. Uh, Berto said, as long as he doesn't come back before he's 100%, he's too important to the later rounds. Omar said, they could just play him limited minutes to so slowly ramp him up so he's fully ready for the next series. Charles said, I would like to sit him because on the side of the bracket, Pelican's most, most athletic on this side of the bracket. Um, what do you think about playing him limited minutes or having him come off the bench? Nope. Nope. And nope. No. <laughs> like, like, just no. Like, okay. if he's playing, he's playing. 
Like there is no, you know, oh, we're only going to bring him back for like a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. Like they just Devin Devin doesn't operate like that. He wants to go full bore the whole time and you have to understand that if you're the medical staff when you're when you're trying to judge his injury as well. Like you know Devin is not just going to be half stepping his way through this whole thing. Like he's going to be going I don't even know which camera I'm supposed to, this one. Uh he's going to be going like hard right. like the whole time. Like so you just you got you you have got to manage this very very carefully because you don't want to uh you know risk the farm um just to save a chicken so two follow-up questions i don't know where that came from i just made that up fabio in the chat said if he's healthy it would be good for him to get some rhythm do you see that being a benefit of this as well because i know we've talked about the pros of having him rest even longer should they make it to the second round um but does getting him back out there in a little bit of rhythm also potentially be a could be a huge benefit? Again, if he's one hundred percent, sure, cool. But if he's not one hundred percent, there's no point in rhythm. Ninety eight percent is still no. He's still not one hundred. I don't want him out there. Okay. And then J Rock said, "Man, one of those rookies from the Pelicans are going to try and hurt him just like they jumped in Ames' jaw and ran over Crowder." Do you see that being a concern? Shit. I mean. Uh, we have seen that this team can play a little bit dirty. Yeah. I mean, Herb, jo- Herb Jones is, you know, kind of a crappy dude right now. I'm not a big fan of him. You know, and I know uh, Reggie Miller can't stop but drool all over some Herb, <laughs> but uh, we are not Reggie. And, I, I, again, again, he has to be 100%. If not, he shouldn't play ever. Yeah. Period. I think that's pretty much – where a lot of us are sitting right now. Anything else around this? What do you think Devin coming back does for this team? Well, I mean, it does everything. If he comes back full strength, you know, they, they should route the Pelicans in New Orleans. You know, he's he's your closer. He's the, he's the guy that down the stretch, you know, he's going to get you those, those key buckets. Yeah, I know Chris Paul has that tendency as well, but we even saw yesterday a little bit when, when the game was kind of close. I mean, it was still like 8-7. Like the Pelicans were doubling Chris Paul because they knew that you know fourth quarter, fourth quarter Chris is a real thing, mm-hmm. and so you need that other person across the court from you to be able to be equally as damaging, and uh, that's what Devin Booker brings back to this team and that toughness, you know, yeah. that toughness. I'm not going to put up with any bullshit. Like he brings that. I also think Devin um, is really good at getting into the heads of the opponents. More so than anybody on this team. Like, I know Jay Crowder is one of those guys we've talked about. That's what you pay him for. Um, But I think Devin is equally just as good as that, but in a different capacity, right? Jay Crowder is a little more feisty, a little more spicy with these guys, talking a little bit of trash. Devin is like, I'm going to talk trash, and then I'm just going to take your soul. And just like deflating kind of plays and just the way that he can silence a crowd as well. That kind of stuff is just like the X factor that I think he brings. We have another comment that I think is interesting from Cesar. Devil's advocate here. Let's say they say him game six and lose. Not sure how the momentum shakes out for game seven. Anything could happen. You could be left wondering, damn, what if I just closed them out? What do you think about that? If my aunt, what did Booker say? If my aunt had... Yeah. Had uh if if ifs were a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Yeah, if you know what I mean? my aunt had something between her legs, she'd be my uh, uncle. Yeah, I mean we could if something it all day like long. That. Like if 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 what if they lose by thirty tomorrow night? Like, okay. I it's just 
I, the what if game can we can go all night with that. So I again, if he's if he's healthy, play him. If he's not, then don't. Don't okay. touch it. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick break. We're gonna tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. NBA playoffs means next level basketball, and you can get in on the action this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Plus, place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg does not hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that's 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. So you got a pick of the week for us? I do. Um, you know, we're all sitting here talking about the Suns and how they've kind of struggled a little bit, but they won game five. The Grizzlies won game five. But there's one team out there that everybody's all like, you know, frothing at the mouth over. And it, well, actually, there's two teams. It's the Celtics. But the other team is also the Warriors. And everybody's just like, oh, my God, the Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. Um, I will say this tonight. They are favored by eight and a half. They will probably win by 80 because the Denver Nuggets are frauds. Oh. And they have always been frauds. And they will always be frauds. And so, yeah, I have the, the Dubs winning by 25 tonight. Okay. 25. A massive blowout of epic proportions. They're going to start with the death lineup right off the bat. That's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, and uh, Andrew Wiggins. Um, And they'll start the game off. They'll be up 30-6 to in the first quarter. Wow. Are you going to text our friends over at DMVR and just rub salt in the wound? Eric Weedham knows how I feel. (laughs) That's That's the only person I care about right now. Because he's been all up in our comments talking about, ooh, if this, this the Suns lost you know, one of their players, and oh, they could barely win. They couldn't even win game two. Like, that's what they all sound like. Friendships are being tested greatly right now between mm. PHNX Suns and DMVR Friendships Nuggets at this right time now. It's a very loose term. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to go on a quick break. We'll see you guys again in a couple months or so. Yeah, then it's we probably can a good idea. Re- we can try and rekindle. It's, de- it's definitely not something that you really want to ask for their help in when you're trying to create a t-shirt yeah because like it, it it's it's conf- he's conflicted like, it, like listen let's just say what it is okay our t-shirt is really really cool have you seen the bones highland t-shirt <laughs> that thing is like next level cool right it was like oh okay i see how much time you put into each one of those you know what i'm saying like i love you eric but come on man it's bones i get it it was pretty cool shirt i actually bought one because i thought it was that dope but uh yeah, those dirty Denver Nuggets are gonna get grounded into uh, whatever paste McDonald's Nuggets are really made out of. So what you're saying is we got to get him to make us some shirts in the off season when emotions and feelings are at the no, lowest. No, all we have to do is wait for them to lose tonight. Then, then he's gonna be even more upset. No, let him cool down for a day or two, and then he needs a new team to root for. He might as well come over to the bandwagon. Well, that's what I meant. Like more so, their off season. Yeah, their off season you know starts tonight. Yeah. at about 10, 10 p.m. Pacific. All right. Well, we're, we are officially in the playoffs. The Suns are having games, of course, that we're all able to go to. We're having watch parties that we love having you guys at. But 
with all of these fun events going on around us right now, we want to make sure everyone is staying safe and healthy. So just a reminder that COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Because we are, we saw, I believe it was today or yesterday came out, we had a player go into health and safety protocols here in the league. So COVID's not gone. So just make sure you're keeping yourself safe and healthy and your family as well. What happened to Paul George? You want to talk about some Salty Pelicans fans? Yeah. They're so sassy Man, right now. They have been all up in the, in the Twitter mentions. Like they have just been so salty. I really don't understand it. It started off last night. And, uh, you know, and Sam Cooper actually made a point, and I, and I like Sam. I does a very good, good job with the Timeline Pod. He says, Pels fans really got to decide if they're not your average 10 seed or, quote, a humble playing team because these narratives are tiring to follow. And it's because one Pelicans fan said Suns fans, after beating a playing team in Game 5 and put the, the video of um, Patrick Beverly running around the court after mm-hmm. they, they won their play-in game. And I was just like, dude, calm down. Yeah, that First of all, calm down. Like Dramatic much? Yeah, seriously. For a franchise who's never even gotten to the finals, like, shut up, dude. Just shut up. Like, we don't think that we won the world championship last night. We didn't even, we didn't even celebrate like we did. And Suns yeah. fans are just, just tired of all these half-ass New Orleans Pelicans fans all of a sudden climbing through the, the little slots of wood right off the pier – uh, to appear like they, they're actually worthy of talking about. They're not. They're trash. All those fans are trash. Like, the city's cool. Awesome. But when it comes to rooting for the Pelicans, half you guys barely even show up to the games. Like, I don't even, I don't even care. I really don't care about them. I think the biggest beef that I have is um, it's – and I, I get that every fan base does this to an extent, right? But – same energy. If you guys are allowed to do your crazy fandom, then you need to allow other teams to also do the crazy fandom, right? I mean, we had F. Chris Paul, F. J. Crowder chants happen in New Orleans, and then you come out here and you're mad because the arena was popping and the guys were having fun again. Like, it's you just got lucky almost to an extent or you caught the Suns in a bad moment these first four games where they weren't having as much fun yeah. as they typically have. Just because they're having fun while playing basketball again doesn't mean that they're going to the level of a Patrick Beverly. No, no. Sort of a celebration. Like, if they were, it would have gone viral in the same way <laughs> that yeah. his went viral. No, it's just, you know, these these people were really, really hoping that they were going to win game five because they were ready to dance on our grave. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, oh, we're not as good as we thought we were. The Suns really were just playing really bad basketball. Damn. Yeah. And then now it's now they then now they backtrack to, well, we're really not that good. Or oh, oh well, Zion, like, dude, get out of here with that mess, dude. You guys are just a, you're an average franchise. You've always been an average franchise. You've never even tasted excellence at any time. And Bye. maybe one day you will, but today just. Isn't the day. Not with with this group. Don't be so sassy on the internet. And that's the thing that was frustrating to me is I had people in my mentions this morning when I woke up who were like sending me videos. So there's a video last (laughs) night of what what Pelicans fans are saying is Chris Paul intentionally kicking Alvarado in his his part. Right. Um, And 
the comments are like, your guy is a fraud. Like, just wait until the NBA comes out and uh, suspends Chris Paul for a game for this. That's the only hope they got. I'm just like, okay, calm down. Also, why are you at my mentions? I didn't even say anything to you. It's the same thing. Like a couple weeks back when uh, U of A beat TCU in the tournament, Ben Matherin is literally looking this way. He's walking. He sees all the TCU fans. He's talking to them, kind of talking shit. He's walking off the court, and his left hand hits a cheerleader. And mother effers out there were like, oh, that's sexual assault. I can't believe he did that. He didn't even know he was there. The cheerleader even acknowledged she didn't even realize she even got touched until the next day when people were pointing it in the video all over the all over Twitter. And even Ben Matherin was like, I didn't know that, that even happened, but I'm sorry. And he even apologized, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Like that, people are always grasping at straws when their team has been eliminated or they're about to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. This is what fans do. They're clamoring for this bullshit. That's why I hate it when we use the refs as, as a scapegoat. Like I understand 50, 52 to 17. That's a disparity. Money acknowledged it. Sure. I get it. But that wasn't the only reason the Suns lost that game. No. It wasn't. And I refuse to sit there and be like, oh, well, it's only this or it's only that. And I'm definitely not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you should suspend the other team's best player because it looked like he gave somebody a dirty look that could be insinuated as X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, you know, he threw an elbow to his you know midsection and now he should be suspended for the whole series. Like, shut up with that tired mess. It's just useless. Well, I mean, and then on the flip side, too, because it was Herb Jones that got tossed for that shove at Jay, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was Herb Jones. No, that no, got, it was uh, Jackson Hayes. Oh, it was Jackson Hayes, right? But Herb was the one that got the flagrant one after yeah, the fact. With after Chris the Paul. fact, yep. Gotcha. Okay. Either way, like if Chris Paul does come out and gets any sort of punishment for that, it shouldn't be the extreme of any no. sort of a suspension or anything. If you want to give him a flagrant, like okay, whatever. Yeah, give him a give, him, give him an after the fact flagrant one if you want. The same way that you did for the Pelicans the other day, like whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But to be out there calling for a suspension, low key makes you look terrified. Well, yeah, it's like just, it's you pathetic. know that that's one of the only ways that you're going to be able to have substantial chance to win. The other day, I want to say it was the Celtics Nets series. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, how every, anytime somebody gets contacted to the head, um, it's an automatic review for the Mm -hmm. most part, most of the time. Um, I didn't know the same rule applies to the family jewels. Really? Yeah. In the book that like anytime a player makes contact in the midi, um, you got to go back and you got to review it. And, uh, I want to say it was either Brown or Claxton that, um, had gotten hit in the in the in the nether regions and they did they did assess a, a flagrant one pe- penalty it was accidental it's like dude was just trying to like run the other way and his hand flailed and hit him right in the gonads and uh and that was it so that's trying to think of how many clever ways i can say it without being crass i know right that's that's always the struggle it's like yeah. what can we do here um and then going back to just us celebrating victor and stephanie in the comments said we celebrated more us getting our style of playback not the actual win against the Pelicans. Big difference. Yeah. And I difference. completely agree. Like, well, yes, of course, we were celebrating the win. I think it's safe to say that majority of us were just like relieved and so excited that we saw our team. We saw our team again. It, yeah. It, it, even in our post game comments, we weren't sitting there talking about 
Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum or any of those other dudes that maybe had a good or a bad game. Mm -hmm. We were talking about, oh, man, it was so good to see Mikhail break out of his offensive slump and and actually ball and campaign come off the bench and have so much energy. This is the team that we recognize from the whole season. Like, that's what we were talking about. I don't give a damn about your team. Team is below average at best. And then Sly also brought up a good point in the chat. said CP did get a non-existent tech in the game, just saying... And you're not wrong. So maybe we could just call it even. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. We'll just call it even. All right. One other thing that came out of last night that I found quite entertaining and hilarious was Chris Paul was on ESPN radio last night for a post-game interview. And he was asked if he thinks that Alvarado reminds him of his younger self. To which, do you want want to share what he said? Chris Paul was like, (laughs) no, no, no. And then he uh, followed it up by saying, "Listen, you know, he it, it will the 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 guy who asked the question then followed up was like, well, I mean, defensively, like you know, you, he gets after it the way you did." And he was like, "Nope, not even a little bit." Mm-mm. He was like, "He was like, listen, he he plays hard. Um, he's a fun player to watch. He plays two quarters. He plays in the second and the fourth. And uh, I've never been about that life. And that was it." Yeah, I kind of felt like that was sort of a a rude question to chris paul um completely disrespectful it was very disrespectful and then to like double down on it to follow up like no no but for real like in this way in in this one way and it's just like nah you kind of just gotta let that go you're you're drinking the kool-aid right now yeah chris paul is a hall of famer like he is a future first ballot hall of famer and to sit there and, and think that alvarado in his very first season is on the same level as what Chris Paul was his very first season is just a tragedy. I agree. And then it's just like, as much as I do really like, if this was a series against anybody else but the Suns and we saw what Alvarado was doing, I would be like, yeah, that's a cool storyline. Like that is super fun for him, for his family, for everyone who knows him, his teammates, the fan base. Like I love that storyline. But we do have to pump the brakes a little bit on just how far the pendulum is swinging in his favor. Like you can be impressed with his performance. You can be excited for him as a player and that he's, it's kind of like our campaign from last year, right? Like we were so stoked, but, but you gotta be a little more realistic as far as, okay, can I actually compare this guy to Chris Paul, a man with the nickname of point God? Is that fair? Yeah, no. And I don't think it was, but I did find it, the way Chris Paul answered it was quite hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're lucky it was radio and not TV because that would have definitely gone viral. Oh, well, they're lucky you couldn't see what he was, his facial right, expressions. Right, exactly. You know? Like, it was disrespectful. Like, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, like, again, like uh, Rick James, uh, two, thir- two, three, four, five in the chat says, comparing a hustler to a top five point guard ever, which is laughable. Like, yeah. you just can't do that. It's not the same. It's not even the same level. Like, the guy is a nuisance on defense. He barely contributes on the offensive side of the ball. He doesn't create, you know, opportunities for his teammates. He's not the orchestrator. He's not the playmaker. Hell, he doesn't even bring the ball up. Like, how how is this even a discussion? Okay, cool. He hustles on the defensive end. He's a little bit of a pest, and he comes in, and he plays about 18 to 20 minutes a game. Good for him. Mm-hmm. But that's not even close to what Chris Paul's ever done. Right. Okay, so Exvoto in the chat said, what's going on with Tory Craig? He looks nothing like we're used to from last year's run. What are your thoughts on Tory Craig? 
Um, I, I think matchups are determining his his effectiveness. I just think that the length of the Pel- Pelicans has been a little too much for Tory to be able to overcome in this series, especially with the loss of Booker. He's not getting as many open shots as, t- as he typically does. Um, and so I think he's kind of paying the price for it. He didn't even play last night, you know, and so and that was probably for a reason because they wanted to try some other things that that were more effective. And and they were right. They ultimately proved to be far more effective. So I, I think it's going to be fine. I think when you move on to like Dallas or Utah, should they do that? Um, he'll he'll be back into his role and hopefully he'll be comfortable again and, and things will work out. I also think it's kind of important to remember and just, again, expectations maybe lower them a little bit for Torrey Craig. Last year's Torrey Craig was above the average of mm-hmm. what Torrey has been able to do throughout his career. So you can't realistically expect him to be the exact same that he was last year and contribute in the exact same way because, again, as Gerald likes to say, law of averages. That was that was above the average play for him. So right now he might be a little bit below, but he'll be able to contribute still in some ways. It's just you can't compare him directly to what you saw from him last year because it's just not. You're going to be disappointed if you do that. Agreed. So give him a little bit of slack, and hopefully when he does see more playing time, he'll be able to contribute in better ways. But like you said, this this series just doesn't seem like it's – the ideal matchup for him yeah, out there. Agreed. And the adjustments proved that to be successful. So, and that's okay. That's why you have multiple players who bring different aspects yeah. into your game so that you can adjust and you can switch things up when you need to. Like, like we've, we've been talking about the Suns as this versatile team and the depth that they have. And this is, this is one of those series. And it took Monty a little bit to get to this point. Uh, but he finally, you know, realized like, oh, yeah, I should probably use my depth to my advantage. Exactly. Uh, he played many different rotations last night, a, a, a multiple of uh, combinations out there on the floor from D.A. and, and JaVale, um, you know, the Twin Tower lineup and Bismack and D.A. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was fun to watch bringing Aaron Holiday in because uh, campaign got in some foul trouble and then realizing, oh, yeah, Aaron Holiday can really play. I forgot all about that. Like you got to give your guys an opportunity to succeed, especially especially against a team that is throwing the kitchen sink at you at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for four games, it was uh, it was tough for you to figure out what the hell was coming next. So um, I think Monty kind of is, you know, my, no coach ever knows 1,000% of everything. Right. I think even coaches have to take some time to kind of sit back um, and evolve and learn, okay, well, this is a different situation. This is a different team. This is a different year. I got to figure out what's best for my guys and how do we overcome this um, based on matchups and things like that. So one more question in the chat from Omar, which we did touch on this a little bit last night, but we'll bring up the question one more time. Thoughts on officiating, foul trouble for a couple of Suns players and free throw disparity again yesterday. I personally feel like yesterday was a little bit more fair on both sides there were some bad calls for the suns there were some bad calls for the pelicans but it wasn't nearly as drastic as game four i thought the suns were the aggressor mm-hmm. and because of that um they were they weren't calling ga- the game one-sided uh and i know the players got you know they got hit but like shit they they did four, four or five different replays 
every single time Jay like was like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. Or even CP3 was like, I didn't foul him. And then you saw, saw the replay. You're like, yeah, he fouled the shit out of him. Like maybe it, just a it little just, bit. <laughs> it was legit. Like it, I think just about every single replay they showed, they had fouled the guy. Like that's just what it is. So uh, Eddie made a great point last night that I, that I really love. And I always, I always think players should do more of this when they actually do commit a foul. They need to just own it. They need to just own it. Yeah. Because, you know, like we, we got on Devin Booker earlier, like maybe two or three years ago, because it seemed like every single call, even when he was, you know, he was when clearly was out of position. Obvious. He was, yeah, he was still arguing about it. And I'm like, bro, the refs are never going to hear what you have to say if every single time you're crying wolf. Like you got to give them something to work with. You do, because the refs are human, too. You know, uh, I used to referee college basketball, or not uh, college basketball, high school basketball out in Colorado. And shit, just by human nature, if this kid is always bitching at me, bitching at me, bitching at me about, you know, this, that, and the other, it's it's just a natural inclination to be like, all right, yeah, travel right there. Yeah, you move that pivot foot just a little bit too much for my liking. Let's go this way. <laughs> like, this just it is what it is. And it also kind of, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Right. If you complain about every single call against you when it is an egregious call, nobody's going to take you as seriously or they're just yeah. going to be like, whatever, you're complaining again and again and again. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to hear you out. Yep. So you kind of got to pick and choose your battles with that, too. So I agree with Eddie and that sentiment as well. Yeah. Is there anything else that stood out to you in the last what? 12 hours, 14 hours, something Not like really. that. really. <laughs> I just, it was, it was great to see them flying up all over the court. You know, they, they pushed the ball a little bit um, more frequently last night mm -hmm. than they did the, the nights before. And uh, it was just, it was good to see the Suns back to, to the way they play. They got a big challenge tomorrow night. That crowd's going to be rabid. Um, they're going to be ready to go. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be insane. So. All right, we are going to round out the show with some fun like we always do. But first, just a reminder to stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They just announced their new mini OGs 3 milligram dose microdose options for those who might not want be wanting to dive right into the regular 10 milligram options. And those will be available on May 3rd. They have amazing flavors like orange creamsicle, tropical, and watermelon. So if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. We're going to play a little Would You Rather. Let's do it. To close this one out. And our producer extraordinaire, Leah, is going to help us out with this one. Leah, what do you have first up for us? Okay. So I'll, we're going to go back and forth, right? Because I know you had yes, some. Yes, I got okay, some Okay. So I'll start. Okay. Um, would you rather have a private chef or a maid? Like seven oh, days a week. Heck. Seven days a week for both. You don't have to pay for either. So... Private chef, seven days, or a maid, seven days? Oh, chef, a million percent. Chef. This is a tough one. Yeah, it's not so tough for me. I want both. Yeah, chef. Because, like, I, listen, the complexities of food, especially if you want to go vegan, are just on a whole nother level. Like, to have somebody just think about that, con conceptualize my my meal plan for me. That's why these athletes are in such great shape. That's true. Like, nah, I, I, mean, can, I, I think... can make my bed. I don't care about that. 
Yeah, I feel like a private chef because you can do the day-to-day cleaning and then if you needed help, you could always bring somebody in to do like a help you with a deep clean or something. But the day-to-day cleaning is far easier to maintain than day-to-day cooking if you want good food on a regular basis. And we're talking about longevity, right? Yeah, that's true. I think that's also another part of it. All right, I'm going to go chef. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, well, if you got kids, yeah, I get a maid. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't have that. But, uh, you know, I I love to cook, too. I mean, it's just, listen, when I, you know Saul's stressed out if you see him walking around the house cleaning shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) like like that's That's like a therapy thing. Really? Oh, yeah. When I get stressed out or if I'm just like, I'm done with this bullshit, (laughs) I just start cleaning the house or I'll like paint a wall or I'll do a project or something. Like that's. That's my happy place. I saw a TikTok last night that said you'd know you're old when the music you used to get down to at the clubs is now the music you clean the house to at home. And I was like, well, dang, I'm yeah. old now. Or <laughs> or you know you're old if the music that you used to get down to in the clubs is now playing in the dentist chair. Yeah. I haven't had that happen yet, so yeah. at least I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, you want me to go? Yeah. If you uh, were a baseball player, what would your walk-up song be? Ooh. That's a good one. I thought about this yesterday. I was like... So you already have one planned, an answer? I have. Okay, uh, go first. Mine was... uh, It just sounds so silly, but... uh, uh, Is it Juice? Yeah, it's Juice by Lizzo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizzo is... The best. Yeah, I totally Love would Lizzo. rock out to that as a walk up to the to the plate. I feel like I would want to pick like a goofy song, like something really funny that would just put you in a good mood, and everyone in the the stadium would be like, "That's hilarious!" Like mm. Lachona. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd yeah. be so funny. Charles Coulter in the chat says, "Little Wayne, six foot, seven foot." Yeah. Okay. I like okay. That. I like that. Leah, do you have one? I have no idea. I have to put a lot of thought into this. It's so, hard. Yeah. That's a tough we'll one. come back to that. I would want to be able to have the option to switch it out every few games, though. Yeah. That's what I would or, do. Or, or mine would be stupid. It would be like MC Hammer pumps, bumps in a pump. Yeah. We did this once at my <laughs> old job, and someone said, um, this is me from The Greatest Showman. <laughs> like a musical song would oh be hilarious gosh. for a walk-up song. Yeah, that could actually be really funny. Throw everyone for a loop. Yep. All right, what's next? What you got, Leah? All right, would you rather be four foot five or seven foot seven? Oh, seven, seven foot seven. Seven foot seven. Seven foot seven. Like I know there is going to be some accommodations I'm going to have to make. Well, the body pains you're going to have when, yes, when you get older. I understand that, but being short. <laughs> and I apologize if anybody out there is four foot five. I am not trying to disrespect you in any way, shape, or form. Aww. But being four foot five and constantly, no, I just couldn't do it, man. I just couldn't do it. I'm just going to leave it there. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I feel like I would probably go seven foot seven as well. Yeah, you have to. Because four foot five, like, you're just so tiny. Oh, man. I don't know. And then if you're seven foot I don't seven. Want, I don't want girls to be like, oh, you're so adorable or you're so cute. You it's know, definitely different from a man to woman's kind of perspective. I get that. Yeah. Like a woman four foot five is like no big deal. That's true. And, and Sly brought up a good option. Uh, four foot five with stilettos. You're basically can be five foot then. 
Yeah, and it's so it's it's a double standard that I don't like. I guess as a woman, maybe four foot if five I was wouldn't four be bad. Four foot five and was wearing stilettos, nobody would look. But at if me I was like, oh, seven so foot seven, you could definitely like have a career in sports potentially. <laughs> nobody takes Omar Gonzalez. Nobody, no one takes you serious at four foot five. That's fact. See, that's <laughs> a big key here in, in this situation. Ever, you'd be mad and angry, and somebody would be like, "Oh my god, it's so cute when you get mad," and then you would just literally yeah. want to just yeah. strangle someone. If I was seven foot seven, at least I'd have like two good years in the NBA. <laughs> exactly. I'd be a millionaire. What's the exactly. What's to lose? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. If Jurassic Park was a real place, would you want to visit it? Oh yes. Oh. I'm like, well, it's nice knowing Lindsay. Do they have? Do they have the thing that we do? We don't know when to say no. (laughs) Yeah, you like, you don't know if there's going to be an incident. That's why they're called incidents. But how? Like, would you go to the Jurassic Park that nothing's, no incidents have happened? So you're like, it's very safe. There's no way to predict it. There are dinosaurs. I don't know I still what think else I would, I would I would I would do it. I still think I would do they it. They would rip you to shreds. Potentially, I, yes, but potentially I no. Would, I would go I would go if it was like nothing but like um, you know, the the, <laughs> the, the like nice dinosaurs, like a brontosaurus, which is like ones? my favorite one. Yeah, but no. I love how in the comments Seth goes, Oh hell yeah. And then Shumail right after is like, Oh hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Charles said, no, customer service at theme parks suck now. So there you go. All right. What do you? What else you got? Would you rather eat free the rest of your life at your favorite restaurant or get free clothes at your favorite clothing store for the rest of your life? Oh, free clothes. Free clothes. That's an easy one. I think so, too. Free yeah. clothes because... You get tired of the food at exactly. your favorite restaurant. Clothes revolve far quicker like they have new new merchandise in way before restaurants change their menus. So I think I would go with clothes. Well, it's funny that Seth Darnell just said this because he said, if I die by getting eaten by dinosaurs, that's my new favorite way to die. That's true. Well, my question to you is, is how old do you want to be when you die and how do you want to go out? Realistically, in my sleep, somewhere between 85 and 95. I mean, that's a good number. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, Give me a second, Leah. Go ahead and answer this. Um, I would say 95 in my sleep also. Okay. You know, both of you guys in your sleep. See, I don't well, want to go well, in my sleep. Why? Well, I, I, I don't mind going in my sleep, but I definitely want to know, like, it's it might be happening or it's about to happen. I don't want to be, like, making plans and then all of a sudden I go to sleep that night and that's it. Well, that's, that's not it. your problem. That's, that's it. I, mean, I don't want to do that. How many people between 85 and 95 truly make plans that often? Well, so like like I had a couple buddies and unfortunately they, they passed away from COVID. And that was like a, a theme that, that some of them had is like they had a headache and some sniffles. They went to bed. They never woke up. And so like for like a good solid six months, like last year, I was like – Oh man, you know, my head kind of hurts when I, I got to stay go up for like oh, another 68 hours. You know what I mean? Like, I was a little paranoid about that. So, that's not the way I want to go out. This is the way I want to go out. Okay. I want to uh, be flown up in the chopper. Oh my God. And I want to go. <laughs> I want to be eaten by a dinosaur at 69, said Darnell says. Um, uh, and, and I want to go up in the chopper over the Pacific Ocean by like 15,000 feet. And just drop 
and just look at the land. There you go. Splat done. That's the way I want to go out. For real, for, for real. For real, for real. Yep. And if I go out before then, I want my ashes thrown all over the Pacific Ocean. Why the Pacific Ocean? It's my favorite. It's my favorite ocean. Okay. And I'm fascinated by water. Oh, <sighs> uh, and this would happen when I'm like 159. Oh, you think you're gonna live to 159? No, I, you know, there's advances in technology. By then, I'll be half a robot, half human. So, <laughs> really, hopefully. <laughs> My biggest thing is I just have to outlive my best friend because for the last 10 years, we've been fighting about who's going to live the longest. Um, so as long as I outlive my best friend, I'm going to be good. I know that sounds really morbid that <laughs> I'll be excited that I outlived him, but that's our humor. So, yeah. You know. Charles G G Coulter in the chat says, rather die landing on a new planet just to be the first to die on the new planet. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. They Legendary. might make a statue out of you if that happened. <laughs> so I don't blame you. Um, Icon said, "I want to be ninety years old, killed by my killed for my money by my twenty five year old wife." Yeah, yeah. Kind of entertaining. That's the that, that was the alternative. Is like, well, maybe I can go out like this, but then that would suck. That would suck. It, like, like I've heard stories of guys like you know, or, or even women, like having a heart attack during sex, and like. I think that would be cool, but also really shitty. And it, I feel like it would ruin that for whoever your partner was at the time as well. <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah. That would be really yeah. traumatizing How do you recover from for that? the other How person. Do you, How do you recover from that? Well, what? the last guy that was here or the last girl that was here, uh, uh, they didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. About is that, that a flex or is that... <laughs> Is that a flex or is that like uh, like a black widow type of yeah, a situation? Yeah, like like he couldn't last. Can you? <laughs> oh no! Is, is that too much? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like like obviously he died. So like, do you want to run the risk too, buddy? Like, is that? Is that, a, is that a flex? That's not a flex. Okay. William says no, that's okay. not a flex. All right. <laughs> William said it's not a flex, so it's not a flex. Dear Lord. All right. How many more do we want to do? I think we're good. <laughs> Should we go out on that one? Do you want to do one more? we want to end it? So good he died. See? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a flex, right? <laughs> Johnny said, I just tuned in. Did I get the right podcast? Well, Hello, Johnny. Johnny. It depends, Johnny. Welcome to the shit show. Oh, my God. We can do one more. Do you want to do one more, Leah? You got one more for us? I didn't have one more prepared. Do you have okay. one? Oh, well, I have one more. Okay. I got one more. We have to end on something different. Okay, how about? Okay, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, uh, what would you do if you had the opportunity to have any wish granted? Ooh. Any wish granted. Honestly, I would just want a whole a boatload of money, like a ridiculous amount of money, because then you could do literally anything you want. Mm. And it and it sets up future generations of your family as well. Yeah, I get that. I know that's a, like the lamest answer ever, but it's the most realistic answer, I think. Um, I honestly I think I would just if this is going to sound really cheesy and no, I'm not running for Mr. America. But uh, oh I would I would wish for world peace. I would wish for world peace because damn man, like people get spun up about the smallest shit. 
And it's like, bro, it's not even that. It's not even worth it to get ups, upset about it. Like, I don't even look at the mentions about Pelican stuff half the time or Sun stuff. Or, or then you go to the politics realm and it's just awful. Everybody hates each other. It's like, eh, I don't. Listen, there's one world. We're all trying to live in it. Let's just all get along and be happy. That's a good answer. That's no. a, See, that's a better way to end the show, Saul. No. That's eh. a better way to end that's the all show. Subjective. Good job. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. Hopefully you had some fun today. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast because it helps us out a lot. And, of course, head over to gophnx.com. Gerald has an article up today that... Regardless if you are a member or not, you can read. So if this is kind of maybe your first introduction into some of the things that Gerald writes, now is a great time to check out the website so that you can see that article. Tomorrow's a little funky, just so you all know. Tomorrow we have pregame at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Because the game tips off at 4.30. So Lindsay and Espo will be doing that while I am doing some stuff at the NFL draft. But I will be back for postgame. Um, it's going to be a crazy night. There's a lot of sports going on. I, I don't even ha- know how to wrap my head around this. We got, I think we have five sports going on all at the same time. It's an absolute shit show. So yeah, it's going to be fun. A lot of chaos, but a lot of fun. Hopefully a lot of really great things happening for sports here in Arizona as well. So fingers crossed for a really good Thursday. That's yeah. what we want. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And um, Saul, how should we close this one out since Espo's not here to give us an ahoy hoy? Oh, man. Well, I didn't even think about this. I know. What are we going to do? I don't know. Well, hey, hey, how about this? (laughs) Just remember, kids, if you're sitting next to Espo, you want to get him sick. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go.